Women Making Moves, where we celebrate the moves that women are making. My name is Amy Pons. I'm a master certified life coach and a soul healer. I'm joined today with Samantha Ruth. Samantha is a psychologist, speaker, best-selling author, and host of The Be Ruthless Show, a podcast dedicated to making noise and breaking stigmas. Samantha's mission is to change the way the world views both grief and mental health so people can get the help they deserve without fear of judgment, labels, and repercussions. Samantha is the founder of Grief Hab, a 24-7 community open to anyone who has experienced a loss. Sam vowed to create the services she couldn't find so that others would have more support available in their times of need. In her free time, you can find Sam and her pups, Sassy and Dallas, on one of their outdoor adventures. They love living in Colorado and never miss an opportunity to explore their beautiful surroundings. Music fuels Sam's soul. Family means everything to her, and honoring her late husband gives her life daily purpose. Samantha, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. You look amazing. It's been forever. I know, too long. Life gets busy. How have we missed each other so much lately? Have we? We're in her nation together, right? But mm-hmm. I haven't been a mastermind in a while and likewise. So, okay. We've just been ships passing in the night, but I always keep tabs on you and I'm so happy that you're in my orbit. Okay. And this work that you do is so exquisite and I'd never heard of it before I met you. So let's get into it. Tell us a little bit more about the work that you do and some of the moves that you are excited to be making right now. Thank you. I don't believe there is other work like mine uh, because I couldn't find it when I needed it. And I created Grief Hab because I needed rehab for grief and I couldn't find it. And as a psychologist, I have a pretty extensive background and resources in my pocket. So I decided to create it so other people can get that help. So it's, it's kind of counseling plus concierge all in one. That's amazing. What do you have coming up? Oh my God, too much. (laughs) That's why you haven't seen me. Yeah, if people are listening live, I am hosting my first retreat in Colorado at the end of September, which we'll see how I I feel after that. People ask, I answered, and I'm doing live events. I am doing something at the end of the year. People struggle through the holidays and uh, nobody knows that there is a National Grief Awareness Week. Wow, I did not know that. That's in December? It is December 2nd through the 8th and, you know, hot dog day is on calendars and National Grief Awareness Week is not. So I'm trying to do something about that. (laughs) Hot dog day is not on my calendar as a vegetarian personally, but and I will, (laughs) I'll make sure to um, add Grief Awareness Week. Question about, and we're going to get into Grief Hub in a minute based on a post that you've recently made on grief. Do you help both those who are no longer in the physical world, but also those who might be spiritually separating from individuals in their lives. Like, because when you, when you said something earlier kind of struck me is uh holidays can be difficult. It could be whether they're here or not here. And the amazing work that you do for those, and especially honoring your late husband for those who have lost those in the physical world, but also I see you're nodding your head about those who are figuring out that it's okay in this day and age to say my peace and my nervous system comes first. And maybe that doesn't include folks that have been in, in your orbit for a long time. That was a long question. But. No, but Thank you so much for asking because this is what the world doesn't do, right? We don't have these conversations. And if we did, they wouldn't be as awkward and uncomfortable. You know, if we talked about this at an earlier age, if people knew that it was okay to 
separate from unhealthy relationships. And loss is the end of a relationship. Loss can be the loss of a job. Loss can be moving and starting over somewhere completely new. So my definition of loss is any ending. And COVID was bizarre for me, being that I was having these conversations with people about Let's discuss the fact that you can't have graduation. Let's discuss the fact that you can't have. And people were looking at me like I was discussing something bizarre. And it was bizarre to me that they were not discussing it. Because for me, it absolutely must be talked about or it will show up somewhere else in some other way, in some other form. So with that, I love that. I wrote down any ending. So it's any ending you help people manage through. and so. And COVID's a great example. What are the different specific elements, uh, physical loss? Well, you said any ending, but physical loss. What about a spiritual loss? Or like, to your point, you said any ending of a harmful relationship. And I love what you said about, we haven't been allowed to do that. It's kind of the blood's thicker than water. You know, you just don't cut off family. There's such harsh language around it that suggests that the person needing to distance themselves kind of gets the bad rap. Right. And and we're supposed to stay in relationships because we've known someone for a certain amount of time or because they're family. And I'll just give an example that I often say for my communities because I have the bubble of safety, but I stayed in contact with my in-laws for a very long time because that was my last connection to Jim. Well, not. I have his his fraternity and his friends, but I felt the obligation and I felt the um the tug, the he would want me to until I had the conversation with myself that he would not want me in any relationship with people who were treating me the way they were treating me. And I had a long, hard talk with me and I listened to what I tell my client. And when I moved and I separated myself from a certain area, I didn't give them my new address. I didn't give them any of my new information. And I would have done it sooner had I been able to recognize that I was holding on for the wrong reasons. And so, you know, we we keep people in our lives for all sorts of reasons. And losing him made me become really intentional about who and what I have in my life. You know, I lost a lot. And if it brings me down, I don't want it. You spoke to my soul right there. (laughs) And there never has to be malice. There doesn't have to be, I post about this a lot. There doesn't have to be something dramatic that happens. It's just kind of with love and light, you move in different directions and there's a reason and a season for everything that's coming around. And I think for a lot of people, and you you mentioned it earlier, COVID was kind of the impetus of like, wait, okay, what do I want to do on this plane? What do I want to do in, the, in this world right now? You know, what feels good? What doesn't feel good? And that's what a lot of my clients are talking about right now. The tolerance, the threshold of tolerance for disruption of self-peace or self-worth self-value is actually a lot lower in a good way or higher, whichever you, what I'm saying is there's less that people are willing to tolerate. And I think that's what happens when you have a trauma or you go like when you have so much pain and I don't want people to wait until you have that, right? You know, if we can recognize that 
we choose what we put into our lives. There's so much we have no control over. So if we take what we do have control over and we recognize, you know, even with the media, what we read, what we watch, I really became selective. And there are there are people we work with, people in our family that we do, you know, maybe they do bring us down, but we can still set boundaries, a word so many people don't love. People who know me well laugh. Like the block button is my favorite thing. I use, I literally use it in the social media world, but I use it in a metaphoric way in my life. Like I do not let you in my bubble because I went through enough. And so I'm selective. Beautiful. I'm proud of you. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. The block button, you know, and you'll, you'll appreciate this with clients. We're not here to say, just block them. Well, we all know it's not that easy for the people. So it's like helping for at least me. And I'd love your thoughts on it too. When I'm sensing, because as clairsentient, I'm sensing the energy of what the person wants to do, but that their heart or head are like, no, you can't do that. I try to extract some of the things that help them be okay with it because so much self-judgment comes up and I'm not suggesting I do it perfectly myself, but I'm very intentional these days too, about what I bring into my orbit and where's the line. I've actually been told when you cut people off so quickly, I'm like, is that true? Or is it that we've had conversations about boundaries and nothing's changing? And so I remove myself. But again, I was kind of going back what I said about like having a bad rap. So it's like, there's no time frame of like when you cut something out, right? How do you approach that? And even if it is quickly, if I recognize, that's my intuition. If I know, my body knows, my something in me knows, I'm not going to put myself through suffering. That's really what it is at any level. Do I want to pay the price more? That's what it is. Right now I went through it and at 1%. So people are asking you if you want to pay more. Oh, I see. I see. And and it's not just, I don't have it to give. It's that I choose not to give it. Right. And so in the past, maybe you took longer to recognize it, but you suffered more in that process. That's so true, Samantha. And thank you in this moment for helping me feel safe and seen. For me personally, you talked about buzzwords or things people hate, like boundaries, journey. Oh gosh, like I have a client that like, if you say journey to me one more time, but in my healing, I've become more, it's like shocking to others of how quickly I moved away from those things or people that no longer served me. And again, nothing like, it wasn't like a tirade. It wasn't like off with their heads. It was like, I'm moving this way. And that was it. Like I moved silently and quickly away. And there was still kind of like a, um, it's because I was healing. So I'm looking at this, I'm looking at what I've been able to move and do and signal to the universe and to my spirit guides the past year. I've been able to look at that and be like, there she is, like there she is. And she being me in this beautiful, uncloaked, my light is burning bright for the first time in my entire life. And it has felt odd when I've been on the receiving end of accusations that I'm cold and calculated, I guess. People knew you a certain way for so long. 
And when we become a different way, it's unfamiliar even to us, but certainly to them. True. You're right. And it's not malicious, but they want us to go back to what they knew. Because it's safe for them. And and familiar. Mm. And so, you know, intentional, subconscious, whatever behavior patterns go into play where they try to get us to go back to who we were. It ain't happening. And again, not with malice, but like with love and light. No, thank you. (laughs) The amount of times I say no, thank you now toward energy that doesn't serve me. No, thank you. Right. And the more consistent you can be with that, some will come around, some won't. But I'm surprised the ones I didn't think would come around, some do. You know, I laugh at myself because like saying things like the universe, signs, that was not who I was. I was this by the book planning, you know, logical thinking person who didn't meditate or believe in the universe and would have clicked off of this episode by now. (laughs) Right. I mean, really, really, truly, this is out there for that, Sam. Now I can tell you things like I listen to the universe. I do not go against it. I'm not going to test it and say, people want me to try. Let me see and suffer more. Those are signs. I listen and bad things happen if I don't. I really believe truly that once I started listening to not only the universe, but like my spirit team, and I actually got a download today that I know now the name of one of my guides, which it's been a big day, big day. Her name's Sylvia. She's always here. So when, to your point, there's sometimes where people will say, you know, sometimes it's not a sign. Maybe sometimes it's just a, what have you. And I'm like, no, it's not. Nothing happens on accident. There have been so many bee stings in my orbit lately. And that's been interesting. And I've really been sitting with that and sitting with clients about it. And, uh, like I've been attracting bee stings, whether it be I've, I've gotten stung, but also my clients have, and, I'm, and we, we unpack that. So it's beautiful what you're saying that as an individual soul on this planet, when you raise your hand and you start to remember how good it feels on the soul plane, which is complete peace, divinity, serenity, and that, oh, and oh, oh by the way, we all signed up for this work on this planet, which is another conversation maybe. When you start to remember that, it's um, it's like, ooh, I choose to be in this space of my highest self, my highest purpose. And when there isn't someone or a situation that fits within that, you have such agency autonomy to say, no, thank you, with love and light. And I also think you mentioned the folks that you didn't think would come back around. Those are probably the greatest teachers in many ways. So that's kind of cool too. It's all for us, all for us. The last 20 years, I I kind of chuckle with my spirit team because they kept putting the same similar lesson in front of me and I kept not getting it. <laughs> and that was amazing. Now they put another one in front of me this summer and this fall. And it took me a minute, but I got it. I was like, oh, oh, cool. I get it. Okay, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> and so it's really amazing once you see that anyway. And people, right? Like I thought I had this crisis, not crisis. I had this challenge in front of me and I'm talking to a friend, sorting it out. I have this. And in addition, 
I have an event I'm planning. And so I had a call scheduled with somebody about December. And as we're talking, we're just catching up. And it turns out she has this whole business I know nothing about. And it's the solution that I was looking for. And and I'm just like, I just it the the call interrupted the challenge conversation, right? So when we're done, I go back and and the person thinks we're going to have to pick up where we left off. And I said, oh, no, the challenge has been averted. <laughs> you know, I my work call turned into a solution, you know, like sometimes we just don't even know the people who are put in our path and why. Like uh-huh. I had no clue that A was going to turn into A, B, C, D and E. How beautiful is that? And it you see all the the memes about it. It's like, you know, when you don't get your way about something. So your challenge was brought forth and you were like, oh, crap. And then only to find out that it was like unlocking a whole new thing that you never could have imagined, which was like, and I don't know what that is, but like it just I'm 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 sensing from you and I'm getting your energy about it was just this amazing abundance that you couldn't even have thought of. It was like way bigger than the challenge. So that's kind of gorgeous. And and that's where we kind of talk about surrendering to that. And so that's why when there's something that keeps coming up and it's a blocker, be like, sit with that and say, what do I need to see? What do I need to know? Where is it coming up for me in my body? It's so much going, it's going inward. And whether you resonate with the things that I say, or you say about the universe, or like, I'll talk about my spirit guides, and then I'm clairsentient, claircognizant, whether you resonate with any of that, it's all about going inward. And, and knowing and being able to hear the only voice, literally the only voice that matters, period. And when you do that, it's amazing how you'll see like you can genuinely see mountains start being moved for you. The universe hears you because you've raised your hand and said, Hey, 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 okay, I'm ready show me and the universe will start moving. Absolutely true. And I want to recognize the own blocks I put in my path by doing it the other way for a lifetime, right? By living by my planner and being so structured that I didn't stop to listen to my own voice. (laughs) I was so busy going. Same. Because as women, we just keep going. And it's not our fault. We're not doing anything wrong. It's the preconditioning and all the things that we're working towards. So, okay. Thank you for sharing that and all the great moves that you're making. And we'll make sure to put in show notes and plug your December event if it's open to registration for anybody. A few days ago, you posted about the Ruthless Grief Hab. Team Ruthless is a weekly virtual support group on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Mountain Time and Saturdays at Rotating Times. What is Grief Hab? Grief Hab is the community open to anyone, anyone dealing with loss or anyone who wants to learn about how to be there for others, Mm. right? Like how many people say, I didn't know what to say. And then Team Ruthless is a little bit more. Team Ruthless is like a family. It started off as just the group, but we kind of get through life together. So we don't just meet twice a week. We talk probably a hundred times a day. We have chats and all the things. We also meet on holidays because um, grief is invisible. The holidays are not just happy times for everyone. There are people struggling to get through them. So Team Ruthless is people connecting with different kinds of loss who need more than an online space to get through it. 
It's not like other groups where you have to go around in a circle and say your name. You don't leave feeling worse. You, and you have me in your corner as an advocate. So if you know, you, you're not feeling heard by your doctor or your kids aren't being heard at, at school or your boss isn't listening, it is more of a getting through grief together and solving problems and moving forward group. So grief hab is something that you can kind of pop in and out of, but the team ruthless is something different. Yes, it's a, it's kind of a commitment. We check in, we wonder where you are. We don't require you to be there, but you want to be there. We expect you to be there. We're getting through it together. So it is, it's for people who need more than the online piece. Some people just want a place to have a Facebook group and a community to to check in as they need to observe. Team Ruthless is interactive. It's Zoom calls. It's workshops. It's guest speakers. It's more of a, I don't want to say mastermind, but that type of a community. You hold space for each other, it sounds like. What does it mean to be ruthless? Being ruthless is doing it your way. It is is tuning out the noise and uh, getting rid of any and everything toxic, including people, (laughs) like we just talked about, living life on your terms. So it's interesting, people like you and me, and I resonate a lot with you, the things we say, imagine a person who can't hear us, like living life on your terms that like they sounds like a Charlie Brown teacher. So ruthless is a negative word. You hear it and you think it's a bad thing. Mental illness is viewed as a negative thing. Grief is viewed as a negative thing. So it is taking what other people see as negative and turning it into your biggest superpower strength. That's awesome. No, the reason I said like living life on your own terms, someone that is so deeply rooted in how you and I used to be, where like I probably couldn't have heard anything that you said, meaning I'd hear it, but it wouldn't register probably about a year and a half ago or two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to hear anything that you said. I'd have been like, yeah, 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 blah, 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 blah. And so how do you describe to people what you do to people that can hear you, of course, and that resonate you? And I'm, I'm sure that's easy, easy peasy. But how do you talk to them versus someone who just doesn't get it or can't hear you when you say live life on your terms and live authentically as yourself through your own experience with loss? or grief? And how do those two vary? First of all, we're in this culture that views differences as a bad thing. And part of me and working with me involves embracing your differences and seeing them as your strengths. So if you don't, we probably won't mesh. I do not want to be like anyone else. I want to be different. And my clients, I want them to see their uniqueness as their strength, you know, as, as what makes them, them. I also work with people to feel the feelings. It's not fun, but we cannot put them away and expect them to stay there. We have to feel them in order to move through them. And if, if you're someone who says, I'm just going to be busy, I'm just going to work and I'll be fine. I am going to call you out on that. And we won't mesh well. (laughs) That's gorgeous. That's amazing. I know. I always say similar things. I'm like, if you don't want to do the work, we're not going to vibe. 
because a lot of the work as a life coach, I mean, I'm, I need you to show up in a space where I'm going to hold space for whatever you want to feel. And we're going to go deep. If you don't want to do that, you're not ready yet. And that's fine. That's not up to me to decide. It's up completely up to you, but that's really how I think about it. And it's just interesting that you bring up the people think ruthless and grief and these other words have a bad connotation. Same thing with anger. Mm -hmm. In my experience, I just posted about that this week on LinkedIn about how earlier this year, when you met me, I wanted to be real angry. I just wanted to be fucking pissed all the time. And it was part of my process. (laughs) Oh gosh, I'm angry. And I tried, I like swung at the other opposite end. And I was like, I'm not going to be angry. Well, you know how that worked out. And so I was like, all right, let me sit and just let me sit and stay with all of this. And over summer, I was really put on pause intentionally, like put on ice. You need to sit and fucking stay and work through this shit. Okay. And so that I could come out and say, anger is beautiful. Sadness is beautiful. Grief is beautiful. Ruthless is beautiful. Feel what that feels like for you. Because in my experience, the other side of feeling through that is fucking gorgeous and inspiring and filled with magic and a place that you never could have gotten to if you didn't go through the door of that emotion. Thousand percent. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're not, you're, if you're working with me, you're not doing it alone. Right. Like I'm not sending you to an island to do it by yourself. Oh, no. You know, you have somebody with you. No, I've had a few clients come back. That's one of my favorite things or stay in touch. But I'm also not the person to pat you on your back and say, good job all the way along. If something isn't going well, I'm going to call you out, challenge you. Um, I've had clients come back and say, I was doing drugs and my therapist didn't call. Like they said, that's okay. At least you're cutting down. You know, like that's not me. I'm not going to, you know, if you lie, I'm going to acknowledge it. So I I am the person who challenges, confronts. I am certainly going to cheer you on 100% of the time. And I am your biggest advocate. The people out there who just hold your hand along the way and cheer you on 100%, that's not me either. And I don't feel like those people are doing anyone a service. When I have people coming back saying, this person let me do this and I'm coming back to you because I got away with it. They don't like it either. Right. Right. So I think there's a value and I think people are going to those people when they're not ready to do the work. Like you said, 1000%. So that's a fun part. And to your point, like I call myself a truth teller and a healer. I'm going to say the hard shit that you don't want to say yourself or like acknowledge. And it's your choice of what you then do with that. Every single time it's like, damn it, Amy. (laughs) Damn it. Uh, But we get, we get places, you know, and then it starts to feel really good because you've actually confronted it. So it's not for the faint of heart, you know, to really confront everything and do, do the hard work, but I'm so happy you exist because in this world that we still don't know how to navigate post pandemic, we've, none of us have literally ever done this along with anyone that you may have lost over that time as well in my life and through my healing, you're someone I want to work with at some point, you know, and just because uh, we get it. It's nice. We feel what seen. fascinates me is the health field. If you're listening and you work at a hospital or a funeral home or the places I reach out to that I assumed would work with me, don't, you know, like if you're in one of the places and you have a role where you can do something and you can do it your way, I'd love to connect. 
because it it's not the industries that have the power to give out information, right? Like the funeral home did not help me. There was no one there to help me. The hospital did not help me. So when I'm going to these places saying, will you give people my information? They won't. Um, So where do people find the help? If you are people willing to share that information, you know, like how do we get the word out? How do people get the help on the day they need it? Because people come to me and say, I wish I found you six months ago. I wish I found you a year ago. It's not the agencies that it should be, right? So it's somebody else who I don't know. So if you're in a unique position on a board and you have the power to do that, please reach out. One of the things that really grabbed me when you and I first met was that when you lost your husband, you were really grappling with support on like the not tiny details, but like the innocuous details that no one ever talked about and you couldn't get any answers. And that's a big part of why you do your work today. And then also what I was just hearing you say is talking about the different kind of fixtures within, we'll talk about a death loss. They don't talk to each other. It's not like a team of people working with you and for you. It's like you're on your own. And what I like to say about the work like you and I do is we fill the gaps in which today's world has kind of missed the mark on and or, and I don't pretend to know about all of the nooks and crannies, but I believe, you know, for me as a coach, I fill the gap on what people are not getting either from their therapist or their boss. That's primarily like where I sit to see what's happening. What need, what do we need to do? What do we need to get in there or spiritually, you know what we need to do? So it had not even entered my mind that that was like a thing that I might need someday. Right. There's so many things I learned you don't think about it in your 40s. Now I tell people of any age that you need to have a will. You need to have these things mapped out because you're not prepared. And every single week, it's like the minute I came up for air and I thought I got through one task, another thing came in the mail and I had to present the death certificate. And that knocks you down to your knees again. And you feel like it just happened all over again. And you come back up for air and you're like, okay, I got through that. I think I can do it. I'm going to get out of bed today. And another thing comes. And so there's all these things that truly get in the way of healing for literally a year, year and a half. So if you lose a spouse or a parent, that is what it is. And so that that's some of what I do. A lot of what I do that I say to my client, send it to me, just send it to me so that you can focus on healing and grieving and and what matters. And I can take that BS off your plate. Wow. So that's what you mean by concierge. That's amazing. You know, when you get married, there's this whole process that you can, I forget what it's called now to change your name. It like, it comes in a huge packet. Yeah. Like, a, and, and there's a checklist and they tell, go to the secretary of state and do yes. that. Yeah. Yes. We need that Correct. for some big life events. I've made my own little spread, you know, for my clients, but the world doesn't have it. And Uh there are, there are businesses run by non-life, you know, not psychologists who will do that stuff, who will present the death certificate, help you close an account, but they don't do any grief work. And then there's counseling, but they won't do any of the closing accounts or any of that. And then let's get into what people come to me saying. I looked for groups. I looked for support groups. I called 10 people, one called me back three weeks later, or uh, I found a place, it's an eight week group and you have to start on week one and they were on week three. So I had to wait. 
or I lost my spouse and I wanted to be in a group of widows and it was everyone. And so I was with people who lost their aunts and friends. Like there's just a lack. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so glad you exist. So we're going to get your name everywhere. I mean, this is one step closer. We're going to get to one more person that can hear the work that you do. And to your point about the people listening that have any sort of political capital or power in this space of any kind, connect with Samantha. Sam, where do we find you? SamanthaRuth.com. Closing remarks for us. You are not alone and there is nothing wrong with getting help. We we can't get through it alone. So please reach out to anyone. Thanks, Sam. Thanks so much for having me.